0: Welcome back to In-Depth Commercial Real Estate. This show is an open discussion of the people, ideas, and methods behind commercial real estate. Today, Paul Eaton interviews Steve Sawiki. Steve is the director of real estate at Southbox, a pioneer in the co-warehousing movement that has revolutionized the e-commerce industry. Well, Steve, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. What's been your path into real estate?
1: Sure. So I got into real estate when I joined Skadden, a law firm coming out of law school. I uh, had the opportunity to shop around a couple of different practice areas. I just moved to New York City, fell in love with the city and wanted a way to connect with it professionally as well. And so that's what pushed me there originally. The overall feel for the industry, the way business gets done in terms of creativity and being very relationship centric, I liked a lot as well. And, and the folks there at Skadden were a great team to work with. So that certainly played a role too.
0: What was your path over into Saltbox?
1: So I came to Saltbox through our our now COO, Zubin. He had, was consulting for them at the time. He reached out to me and said, hey, these guys are, are really onto something. They're early and they need someone to lead real estate expansion for them. So we talked for a little bit, uh, pretty in-depth process, got to know the three founders. And from there, just really dove in. At the time, we only had one open location that was down in Atlanta, but it was working really, really well. And they were ready to expand quickly. And my background, both from my time as an attorney, but also working at the real estate team at Industrious, just kind of the perfect combo for what they were looking
0: for. Why did Sawbox begin? What was the origination story?
1: Sure, so all three of our founders have had some connection to e-commerce in the past, namely our CEO, Tyler. He bought an e-commerce business in 2016 when he moved to Atlanta and felt a lot of the pain that a lot of our members feel every single day. And so the problem became incredibly incredibly acute for him. In 2019, him, Paul and Maxwell got together and opened the first location down in Atlanta. It's about 30,000 square feet. And like I said, it, it just filled up almost immediately. They were mostly word of mouth. The demand for this type of product has just been really exciting and just, just overwhelming. And so, yeah.
0: So, small e-commerce companies have the ability to use 3PLs, third-party logistics companies, and they also can lease small spaces in, say, light industrial multi-tenant warehouses. Where does Saltbox fit into this product mix?
1: Sure. So. Our view of the world is we're moving from a place where a small number of companies need a large number of logistics to a world where a large number of companies need at least a little bit amount of logistics. And if you look at the logistics ecosystem today, whether that's physical product in terms of warehouse space that's available or logistics solutions like 3PL, it's all based around goods and volume. And so for a lot of our members, those types of solutions are just woefully inadequate for their needs and their preferences because it wasn't built for them. It was built for large, large volumes of stuff. So in terms of the physical space, a lot of our members aren't coming from traditional industrial spaces. Our suites go anywhere from 150 square feet to 2,500 square feet, which is just for large part not available on the market today. And to the extent it is, it's largely does not have enterprise grade facilities like loading docks, certainly not HVAC like our locations have. A lot of our members come from their homes, they come from self-storage and self-storage, for example, there's 500 million square feet of space that's used by small businesses essentially for this purpose. And they really haven't had any kind of physical space that has the flexibility, the amenities or the environment, right, that they're looking for. And then on the 3PL side, it's a lot of, hey, you know, I have maybe a thousand orders I'm looking to move. I'm a small sliver of this provider's business and I'm going to be treated accordingly from a service perspective. And more than the actual customer experience is this sensation that you're just sending your goods off to a black box. right? It's going to sit in the middle of nowhere. You're going to hope that mm-hmm. it gets to your members. You have no assurances around security. We have a member who was working with another 3PL and they found out that the warehouse had been robbed systematically and the 3PL didn't even let them know. And for our members who are putting their entire lives into their business, the ability to be close to their product, to see how it works, is comes at a huge premium. I mean, it's in many ways what they care the most about. And so take a step back and just think about what a saltbox is, what it looks like, how the different pieces work together. So each saltbox is a warehouse facility that bundles together the physical operations and logistics components of any physical goods business, but primarily an SMB e-commerce business. So if you come to a saltbox, you're going to get warehouse space that's available on flexible terms. You're going to get amenities such as a photo studio, access to loading docks, conference rooms, again, all in a pleasant environment that you're looking to be in. But you're also going to get some other critical inputs into your business. So for example, we have saltbox employees, we call them our elastic workforce that are available on flexible terms for our members to hire out. And that could be, hey, it's the holidays, my volume's spiking, I've got a lot of traffic that I'm going to have to deal with. Or it can be I need someone all day, every day for just to run my business they can work with our trained warehouse specialists to move their needs we've also in each of our locations put a micro fulfillment center so instead of again sending your your goods off to the middle of nowhere you have a place that could be located right across the hallway from your warehouse suite where you can drop off your goods you can talk with the team that's pick back and shipping your orders you have that accessibility that approachability that no other provider provides today and The flip side for us is that by creating this place that bundles together all of these different inputs that are critical to these businesses, we bring a lot of the businesses together and the effect compounds on itself. Once you have a lot of these companies in the same space, you can expand the amount of services that you can provide to them, the value you can provide, and you also are able to build a a network of these different nodes, nodes that are located primarily in the urban and suburban core that are accessible, they're where people want to be. And when we go to then in turn move their goods throughout the country, wherever we want to deliver them, we have those locations as well that are prime from a, a good perspective as well, not just that human perspective.
0: Does Saltbuck own the real estate or does Saltbox um, partner with the ownership of the real estate?
1: So we partner. We don't own any real estate today. That partnership primarily is through a few programmatic relationships with real estate funds that acquire assets on our behalf. They pay to buy the asset, to convert it into a salt box, and then we enter into some kind of partnership agreement with them, either based on profit sharing or revenue sharing. Many of those agreements are actually structured as management agreements, similar to what you would see in in the hotel space. Hmm. That's been the majority of our growth to date. We also have relationships with traditional landlords, but there's usually some amount of higher-than-market TI package involved there. But yeah, no ownership on our part yet.
0: So in some situations, you sort of have a hotel management agreement where they provide the capex and then you run their facility in other situations you have more of a we work agreement where you would lease the space from them is that right
1: that's right yeah i wouldn't characterize it necessarily it's a lease in the same way that any other you know occupier of of real estate uses leases i think the biggest difference for our business versus co-working i i came from co-working before this is is a few different things right like one is the nature of the customer These physical goods businesses have a much deeper relationships with the space that they occupy than a co-working customer. You know, you you said it yourself, right? You get sick of co-working, you close your laptop and you leave. It's, It's often a nice to have. For a lot of our businesses, being at a salt box is absolutely mission critical. So in terms of the people who come to us and integrate, again, not just their space usage, but their entire operation with our business, it becomes incredibly incredibly difficult for them to leave, particularly as we start to engage with these different solutions, right? As people start coming to us, not just for space, but for labor, for access to their fulfillment, it creates an incredibly sticky relationship with the customer. The other thing is the economics are just, just very, very different. Each location for us is not just just a space that is filled and occupied that we generate, call it a real estate arbitrage off of. It's a node in this network. And so the value to us as a company is far beyond the simple four wall economics. We're not only getting a place that can be filled with members, but that can also serve as an intake point for people who want to drop fulfillment goods off through us to be serviced through our PPL. And like I said, uh, have goods come out the other end for delivery as well.
0: What are some of the criteria that makes for a good location for a salt box?
1: Near our members. Again, we're solving for who our members are, what they want. And so a lot of times it's seeking density, finding locations that are near where people live, easy to get to, and parts of town they want to be, have amenities nearby. Looking at industrial real estate that can be tough to have. And in many ways we're also solving for other and call it traditional industrial factors as well, such as proximity to ports or highways. But it, it is, it's it's all about the member. And what we've been able to do is develop a model that's incredibly flexible when it comes to real estate. So SaltBox can use many different types of buildings that a traditional distribution center for tenant would maybe overlook. So we can deal with, for example, lower clear heights or fewer dock doors than a lot of other industrial tenants will look at. So a lot of the strategy has been so far has been taking these somewhat functionally challenged assets that still work for our model. They're still much better than our members would otherwise have and turning them into saltbox and breathing new life into them. And so that allows us to be flexible when it comes to location selection and get as close to these members as we
0: can. What are the smallest suite sizes you offer and what's the largest suite sizes you offer?
1: Yeah, so our small suite size is about 100 square feet. We've done a few that are smaller than that. Uh, the range is mostly caps out around 2,000, 2,500, although we are piloting some larger units in our Denver building today. We've also had members that even though the, again, 2,000 to 2,500 is typically what we cap out at from a layout perspective who have taken more space with us. I mean, one of the biggest aspects of our value proposition is that you could come into Saltbox at the very start of your business. We've had plenty of companies who sent their, their first order out of a Saltbox and Saltbox can grow and expand with you. So we've had many, many members who have expanded their need over time, in some cases taking 4,000, 5,000 square feet, often after in, in lieu of a traditional industrial facility of their own, which they would otherwise have the scale, at least from real estate perspectives,
0: take. I think that's a great option to provide because traditional light industrial spaces don't have that extensible ability to move the demising walls. Or you can be done, but it's highly it's very, very expensive. Yeah. Uh, and so they have, they're have forced to move and possibly they have to move to another ownership group somewhere else in the city where you can just simply, I think you can reconfigure those walls to allow them more and more space.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, Paul. And, and from our yeah. members' perspective, they want to put as much focus as possible into running their business, to building relationships with customers, to marketing. They don't want to be thinking about real estate and flexibility and signing leases and dealing with setting up utilities on their own and financing their own build out. I mean, what we offer is flexibility, it's convenience, and it's time, it's headspace that these companies need. And, and Saltbox, when it's working well, is a solution that these companies can just plug into and whatever they need as their business is rapidly changing, which by definition many of our members are. The Saltbox can grow with them. And so, yeah, you're you're absolutely right that. From an operating business perspective, it's really tough out there to navigate the traditional industrial ecosystem for these companies, yeah.
0: Those demising walls don't go to the roof deck, and you have multiple tenants. Mm -hmm. How do you handle security from bad actors that would, you know, go into someone else's suite and uh, take items. How do you handle that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, security is one of our top priorities, certainly is for our members. So the warehouse facilities themselves are all highly access controlled. Who comes in, who comes out is regulated through us. All our locations are highly staffed. So particularly given that elastic workforce that I mentioned earlier, we've got about 15 to 20 saltbox employees in the building at any given time. All of the individual suites have secure access that's only available to the members. And the walls, while they don't have roofs on them, are... Or ten feet tall, so you know it's it uh, would certainly stick out if somebody uh, got a ladder tried to climb over that. And of course, there's there's security cameras throughout the facility as well.
0: Yeah. Going back to the criteria for a location, yeah. do you look at the density or numbers of e-commerce businesses in your selection choice, or is it solely, you know? the population count?
1: Yeah, we do to the extent that it's available, right? So that data is getting more and more mature over time. We do have data on it, and that has allowed us to be pretty targeted in these. We've got some strategic channel partnerships that also help us focus where we want to pick from a location perspective. And more than just looking at total population, we're also looking at our specific member demographics, whether that's age, income level, all that type of stuff. And that allows us to be fairly targeted. Although a lot of times, I mean, It can make sense very intuitively where where the right salt box is, right right place for salt boxes. If you look at our Atlanta location, it's in an area called the Upper West Side. It's filled with breweries. There's a lot of activity, a lot of industrial uses that are converting over, development money that's going in. It's near where people live. I don't mean to downplay the importance of of being quantitative around location selection, but a lot of times, particularly when you really dig into these markets and talk to folks who are in them and talk to the often like really robust entrepreneurial communities there, you get a really good sense of, of where they are, where people want to be, where they're willing to commute to. And so we do uh, a lot of front end diligence to make sure that we're putting them in a place that people, again, want to spend a lot of time. I think that's often when I talk with people about our business, they're like, okay, it's again, it's for, it's for people's stuff. They don't really care in the same way that self-storage. It's, they're going, they're dropping it off. Like our, our spaces are very heavily occupied. They're full of activity. They're full of people. People come, they run their whole business out of them. So that proximity, again, is, is really important.
0: Which brings to mind maybe the need to be in a different area than you normally find mm-hmm. uh, warehouses because you need to be around population centers. And often they are in areas that are not easily accessed to or nearby homes, rooftops. Also, it sounds like you need to have more parking than traditional warehouses. Is that correct? That,
1: that, that's true. Yeah, we we typically target one or one and a half per thousand for parking, which is above what you see in a lot of warehouses. We've fortunately been able to find it, but it definitely can be a disqualifying factor. But to what you said, yeah, I mean, that's very, very top of mind for us. There's a couple potential solutions. Um, one is if you look at what Saltbox is building. It's primarily nice flex industrial warehouse with our modular walls, which are easy, pretty easy to put up and put down, but it's also a large open space with dock doors that's climate controlled, well lit, and built for high occupancy. So parking, as you said, bathrooms. So one thing we've looked at a lot is is potentially converting retail or even office spaces into that use because our model is flexible enough to not need high clear heights or 15 dock doors or again, some of these more traditional industrial features. It lends itself really well to repurposing a, a large variety of different spaces. And I think as we grow and as we mature, there will be Different types of salt boxes. You know, today we have a facility that has everything in it. I could definitely see a future where, let's say, you had a large, multi-tenanted retail project. Uh, you could have a a salt box node in there, right? And th- that salt box could provide services mm-hmm. throughout the project, or be a a drop point for good people who run their businesses out of their homes and want to ship them off to a thousand different places, and and want something place that's more convenient than running to every different carrier over the course of their day. So I think it'll grow and change over time. But yeah. Navigating the existing supply of industrial real estate versus where we would love to be ideally is is definitely something that's constantly on top of mind for us.
0: I think you're the first company in this space. What type of motor you're building to differentiate Sawbox from potential competitors?
1: Sure. So as we look at the competitive landscape going forward, what we anticipate is that trying to replicate the physical product aspect of the business is probably what will come first. In the same way that you've seen you know, relatively low entry to co working in a, a huge, huge number of different providers. Just taking a large warehouse and splitting it into small, uh, more and more people do that. The demand is there, the market has not caught up with it, co-warehousing, it's not really a term we use a lot, but if you wanna think about it like that, is, a, is an asset class that will exist. For us, the, the moat comes from building a very deep relationship with these companies. So making sure that our brand represents that we are the go-to provider for this type of logistic services. And, and again, providing a comprehensive all-in solution to many, many of their different problems and not just physical space. And so by offering not only the real estate, but also labor, also fulfillment, also technology, potentially capital in the future, that allows you to to definitely create a defensible mode around the business. So somebody could build something that physically looks the same right across the street, but it wouldn't have not only the same amount of services, but the connectivity to a larger saltbox network. And that network is growing at an incredibly rapid pace. I mean, we started last year with one 30,000 square foot location opened in Atlanta. We ended last year with 300,000 square feet open. We're in five different cities now: Seattle, Atlanta, Dallas. LA and Denver, by the end of this year, we will have a million square feet open across 10 different cities. And so we're growing incredibly quickly. And the larger that network gets and those the more nodes that are out there and the, how those nodes uh, are close to the end customers for our members, I believe will give us a strong amount of defensibility, certainly over someone who, who isn't trying to do this at the same scale that we are.
0: Well, thanks for the recap on Sawbox. I always wrap up these interviews with, do you have any a uh, couple of books you recommend?
1: Yeah, I'd recommend uh, Rethinking Real Estate by Drawer Polley. I think it's a great overview of a lot of the dynamics that have developed between relationships between owner and operators, as well as the impact of technology on a lot of different asset classes. So I highly recommend that and definitely a lot of alignment with the way that we see the real estate industry.
0: Well, um, thanks for taking the time to talk about Sawbox. We'll put a link to the book you recommended, as well as your contact information in this episode's show notes. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Really enjoyed it.
0: You can find Steve's contact information and the links to Saltbox in the show notes. We'll also leave the link to the book he recommended. Thank you for listening to this episode of In-Depth Commercial Real Estate. You can reach us at info at